Welcome to the podcast, Phoenix Podcast fans. As always, with you, my beautiful, lovely, orange-shirted friend, uh, Mr. Jeff Mingus would be proud of that shirt. I know, right? The ever-lovely, uh, fantastically Phoenix fit, <laughs> Daniel Friedel. Let's have a round of applause for Daniel Friedel. Yay! Yay! Just kidding. It's just us. Yeah. And I'm Jason, as you probably already know. Best intro ever, by the way. Really? Ever? Yeah, ever. It's I'll, a joke, man. Just I'll don't take think that. into it too ever. much. Ever. I'll take okay. ever. Yeah. Best ever. That's a superlative. Did you know that? That's a big word. I know. Now I that you said it, yes, but I could not have come up with that word on my own. I learned that from uh, Anthony. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time. Well, I'll tell the listeners. Most every, most everybody already knows. Yeah. There are times where, uh, and we've yet to have Anthony on the podcast, which is crazy because I'm like, well, we tried to set it up, but he had to reschedule for something that yeah. we just never rescheduled. So one of the million part-time jobs that I have is I, I sometimes chauffeur and drive Anthony from place to place. Anthony's one of my students. He owns a appraisal firm, and uh, <clears throat> he's a very smart guy, English major, you know, does a very educated fellow. He was a professor at one time, right? Uh, for CBCC. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, whatever. Is, is it a professor? If like, if you're at a, I think he was a professor. I think he has like a. But I mean, master's if you're at like a community college, are you a professor or are you like a? I would say so still. Teacher. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you don't get tenure at like community college or something, but I'd still say you're a professor. Well, he did. He did teach English, and at like many levels. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he used the word superlative, and I I got I got uh, my um, vocabulary definitely grew while hanging out with Anthony. Yeah. I use some of those words during class. Yeah, I know. Sometimes in class, if Anthony's there, I will specifically use a word that we had recently discussed. <laughs> That's and, a good and, and then point at him and be like, eh, eh, <laughs> what do you think? You like that? So pretty humorous. But you still confuse ankle and elbow. <sighs> it's the worst. <laughs> I I am, I don't, I wish I could explain how dumb I am. <laughs> Dude, it happens. Daniel, You're like are you effing kidding me? Cuff. Oh, Your is my phone fault, is on for the sixth podcast in a row. It is third, by the way. Not How six. is this possible? I don't know. I've, no one texts you anyway. Hmm? I guarantee you that was your wife. No, sister. Oh, okay. So, for the listeners, Daniel has turned his phone off. Now his watch. I'm sure there'll be some other thing that has to <laughs> has to be turned Shut off. Up. How is it possible? How's what possible? I, I mean, we do this every week. Not sometimes every twice week. a week. And then as soon as we sit down, bring, I'm glad that it happens. It gives me something to bitch about. Good. I know you like that. Yeah, so I'm done. Uh, but yeah, I, so I mean, whenever you're teaching a class, you're kind of, you have a layout and you have a plan, but you kind of got to like fill in the gaps between, you know? So like I've screwed that up before a lot of times too. I think some of my very best classes have come like off the cuff. Yeah. They like, feel more natural. Like I walked in and I was like, oh, the people I was going to show this crazy thing to aren't here and it's yeah. all beginners, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. like you never know who's going to show up. Yeah. I mean, it could be, you know, you and D and, you know, like some of the more senior students. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the hell I'm going to show y'all. Y'all already know what I know or more, more well, versus like, you know, you walk in, there's a room full of brand new folks. You're like, okay, well. Uh, going over guard today. Yeah. <laughs> Hill hook entries from 
from bottom side control probably aren't on our plan today. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. But no, I mean, even then, so like from what I, my personal thoughts and what I've read, you kind of know everything whenever you finish up your blue belt. So going into purple belt, you know the moves. Purple belt and up is about working on timing and various situations to where you can use those moves you know like whenever you get to purple belt it's rare that you get tapped out by something you've never seen before i'm not saying it's not gonna happen but you've already built up that kind of technique index to where you kind of know stuff but you need to start putting oh i can apply this here i can apply this that way i I sort of agree with that but my experience was that uh when i got the blue belt i wasn't very good and I mean, well, I mean, at the end of Blue Belt, you kind of seen stuff. No, I mean, I still well, we even still even at the end of Blue Belt, I, I was not a really accomplished Blue Belt. I wasn't. I, I, I have. I really feel like I have excelled more in the last six months to a year than I did my entire. Uh, not career is not the right word, but the entire mm-hmm. path. And mm-hmm. I say that because, like, the more the more I I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just for me. But you got to think, like, my path has been different than yours. Yeah. Like, I've, I've worked hard to – not that you haven't worked hard, Daniel. I'm saying, yeah. like, I've, you know, moved and went to New York, and then I spend a huge volume of time studying, yeah. like, you know, video and information and, like, <clears throat> principles I didn't know already. I mean, just at Brown Belt, I have learned this huge volume of information. I, I would not have thought – I would have thought, like, oh – black belt is like the end and that's Mm. the goal yeah and then at at brown belt you probably already know all the shit you need to know yeah and then uh you're just kind of refining it until you get your black belt but Mm. i've found it to be not the case i gotcha and like i said i know that there's still a ton to learn don't get me wrong but as far as like the i don't want to say the basic but like the overall general concept of the techniques you know like you know triangle but sure. whenever you start like going purple, brown, and black, you're like, oh shit, okay. Well, I've got two hundred entries into right. the triangle. So like, I see that's, your point. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, like the transition. Like they, is it Hickson talks about the invisible jujitsu? Yes, like the transition Hickson. in mm-hmm. between things. I think that starts to show through a lot more. I agree with that. Yeah, I found. Um, yeah, I guess to to go to your point. Yeah, you're probably right. So like, there's only so many submissions we have like let's think about it there's like a guillotine which is like no let's just call them like we'll kind of split them out into groups all right so there's if we're talking upper body attacks there's a guillotine so just your neck Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of like the japanese term is katagatami which would be like um arm and neck like arm and neck together so that's it's like head and arm chokes. Yeah, I mean, like that would be now. any of the head and arm stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Then there yeah. would be Sankaku, which is triangle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got and lapel chokes. Lape- lapel chokes, if you factor in the gi, mm-hmm. right? And then arm locks, that'd be Kimura. So let's let's break those out into bent arm locks and mm-hmm. straight arm locks, mm-hmm. right? So you would have, like, Kimura Americana. We could add wrist locks into those because they're kind of at the end of that bend. Yeah. Then straight arm locks, that'd be forward and like standard and reverse arm bars. Mm-hmm. But it's still applying it's still an arm bar. back yeah, to the elbow. Just a, yeah, it's just a, uh, applications yeah. backwards. Then, uh, <clears throat> so like a rear naked strangle. Mm-hmm. 
Then if you factor in like lower body stuff, there are essentially only really three categories. So bent, twisting, lower body attacks. So it's yep. heel hooks, toe holds, you know, that sort of thing. Straight locks, which would be knee bar, knee straight, bar ankle straight ankle. And then like electric chair. Yeah, and the then like, yeah. like hip flexor type stuff, like electric chair, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So really, there's a pretty minimal amount of, like if you break it out like that, and yeah. we probably broke it out further than, than like I probably people, went yeah. into greater detail than more pe most people would. Mm -hmm. If you break it out like that, I mean, there's not a huge volume. No. And then think about, now think about like all the ways you could potentially apply. That's it, man. Not just yeah. one, like, so infinitely applying just those t techniques in like a one, oh, here's a reverse triangle. Here's mm -hmm. an entry to a rever reverse triangle. Mm -hmm. Now think about stringing those together, like a like yeah. a system, you know? Like oh, yeah. you got these yeah. eight moves off of this one system. You're like, holy shit, this is infinite. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah, but like, you know, take you know, take Jeff, for example, since we were talking about him earlier. You tell him, show me a guillotine. Show me a triangle. Show me a rear naked choke. Like, show me a straight. Show me a twisting arm lock. Like, he can do all those things, but it's okay. Now let me see you transist or transist from a rear naked choke into an inside heel hook. You know what I mean? That's going to be like the deciding factor right there. So it's going to be the transitions. Daniel's phone's going off again. It's on vibrate, man. Nobody would ever known if you wouldn't have said anything. I know. That's God. why That's why I'm saying it. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, we should. I want to go back. The intro, Daniel was wearing a bright, I mean very, very bright orange grappling industries by the way no 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 that is u.s grappling no it is grappling u.s grappling industries oh yeah which is odd because grappling industries color is also orange yeah no. well i think uh, u.s grappling switches theirs up i think every tournament they have a new color t-shirt probably yeah. yeah but so it's funny uh daniel's wearing this bright orange u.s grappling t-shirt that he got at the greensboro grappling in, or u.s grappling submission only even has the date. Oh, on it, it does have the date, <laughs> October twenty seventh. And then uh, Jeffrey Mingus is the. I, I cannot explain it. That dude loves the color orange. I mean, man, he <laughs> he probably has a hundred orange t shirts. Damn, I had no idea. Well, I don't know if a hundred. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. just talking shit. Basically. I just I thought the Phoenix logo on orange shirt looks weird. I, I think the so too. Red yeah, and the but he loves it. Bird. He's got orange shoes and orange shorts. I'm like, bro, <laughs> you are very orange. <laughs> Should be noted, I'm wearing one of my favorite t-shirts. It's kind of funny. It says, jujitsu, then beer. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that pretty well represents my life. Yeah, pretty well. I can see that. Mm -hmm. So, another week without jujitsu in the books, according to the governor. <laughs> yeah. I did get a, I don't, yeah, I guess I did tell you, but I got a, I was contacted by one of the local, um, another jiu-jitsu uh, academy asking when we're going to be open. I'm like, bro, I don't know. Ask ask Governor Cooper. Well, I, I, I'm i not the purveyor of information. Yeah, well, like we talked about before, I'm not sure he has an academy. He used to have an academy. I don't know if No, he does. Had. Yeah, he just, it's, it's moved. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. I didn't know they, they just, had a new location. Yeah, they just I just moved. know their old location was, they weren't there anymore. Right, no, gotcha. they, they just moved. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Let's talk about jiu-jitsu. Daniel, we so, are talking about jujitsu. I know that. But I'm saying like I, I got a request, not a request. Someone, mm -hmm. uh, someone I was talking with, asked that we 
talk about jujitsu in like sort of in an effort to like allow the the layman who doesn't do jujitsu to like understand the the process. Oh Lord, okay, it's hard, right? That's a hard talking. Yes, it is hard because we can't like use jujitsu terms. <laughs> so um, jujitsu like cutting off oxygen or airflow or bending stuff backwards. Or as D says, just bend it the other way. <laughs> yeah, bend stuff the other way. Yeah. Well, t- talk about, like, tell me what jujitsu is to you. You don't have to have some sort of... Oh, man. Like, like tell me what it means yeah. to you. Like, why do you, why do you give a shit about it? So, I found jujitsu because I was originally in a striking art. But I never... I wouldn't say never. I rarely took structured classes in striking arts. So I've done a little bit of karate. Um, I did some Muay Thai, some Americanized kickboxing. But it was more like white belts teaching white belts. So Why do you say white? Like, it's a weird way to say white. Oh, I don't know. I didn't know. White. You know, I'm still doing it. I don't know. That's just the way I talk. I don't know. You ever seen the... God, what is that show? Family Guy? Yes. Yeah. Where he's like, I thought about it. Wheat. No. Wheat. Whip. Cool whip. Whip. Yeah. Wheat thins. But anyways. Yes, continue, um, please. Yeah. No, none of us really knew what we were doing, but there was, like, people who wanted to think they did. So we would um, go over some technique, which looking back now is terrible technique, for about 15 minutes, and then we'd just spar for, like, an hour and a half. So I just got beat up completely. And uh, there was one time, my last week of doing Muay Thai, I woke up every single morning with a headache. I was like, this is probably not good on my brain. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I shouldn't be waking up with a headache every single day. And that's when I started looking for jujitsu, just to kind of stay in martial arts, but not damage my body as much, which, you know, now, I mean, it just switches from brain damage to joint damage. (laughs) That it does. Yeah. But no, man, for me, it's just the camaraderie. You know, I mean, like all my friends do jujitsu. Well, most of my friends, some of my friends do working out, fitness, stuff like that. But still, it's just... Whenever you roll with somebody, man, you get to know them. Like, you can know somebody for three years and not know them the way that you do in a 10-minute jiu-jitsu round. You watch them go through every range of emotion from complete despair to being on top and happy as can be. You know, <laughs> Like, when somebody taps you out, you get to see that little sparkle in their eye. And then when you smash them afterwards, like, oh, God, what I do? Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's fun to me. Like, it's a... Uh, uh, what does Joe Rogan always say? Simulated murder. No, there was something else. It was a something like a moving puzzle with dire consequences. That, that seems like a pretty accurate. Lines. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you're playing with your friends, but like whenever you tap, you know, there's kind of that little thing between you like, hey, I could have just broke your shit. No, he, he yeah. uh, I distinctly remember this. He said, you're, you're essentially saying, like when you tap, you're saying "I got you." This I'm I'm paraphrasing what he said. Yeah, yeah. And then, but what does "I got you" mean? That means that, like, hey, I recognize you could have taken my life with your hands. You yeah. chose not to because we're friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how simple oh, it is. Yeah. Like, think about uh, think about all the times that like you've been like stuck in a submission. Like, let's say a heel hook, for example, mm-hmm. and like how if someone ha- did not have good intentions, like you oh. you could be damaged for forever well think about the times at our other academy where people did have bad intentions yeah. we rolled with and they like legitimately tried to hurt us when they could sure so i mean we've been on both sides of the fence and i do not enjoy that other side at yeah, all me neither i 
even in competition. I mean, even in competition, I've yeah. I've probably only grappled against one person I didn't care for. Yeah. And that being said, even then, I would not have. There was no point. There was nothing in me that was like, oh, I, I want to injure this person. I mean, yeah. of course, I wanted to win, and I didn't, which sucked. Yeah. But like, you know, I didn't want to. I I didn't want any anything bad to happen to this person. I just yeah. wanted to like see him quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? a, yeah, you just wanted to win. You didn't yeah. want to hurt him. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, you know, now that I think about it, there's probably only been one person, one, mm. exactly one person I have intentionally tried. And I wouldn't say I tried to hurt this person, but I definitely wanted to make their experience as not pleasant as I could possibly make it. Yeah. I can think of one time where I just really wanted to hurt this guy. Who, who was it for you? I don't remember his name. We were over at, uh, at Atlantic, and he was a blue belt that showed up, and he was like 240, I know exactly who that is. Continue with your story. So he's in my guard. I'm a blue belt at the time. I'm like a no-stripe blue belt. I actually wasn't a blue belt, but I was wearing a blue belt. So no, that's not true. You were promoted to blue belt. I was promoted to blue belt, yes. You just weren't a good but, blue belt. No, don't, no I was don't a terrible act, blue belt. To say that you were wearing a blue belt, and it, yeah, that makes it, you sound fraudulent. Okay, gotcha. I understand. You just weren't a very yes. good blue belt no, based no. around like the information that you had. Yeah, okay. well, based around the information I have now. No. Based around the information I had then, I thought I was good because right. I could you know catch other blue belts within our system sure. and our academy. But they, they given, weren't any good either. They weren't good either. That's the thing. <laughs> in our little bubble, I was a good blue belt. Yeah. Outside of our little bubble, I was not. But anyways, so uh, this guy was in my guard. He outweighed me by easily, easily 70 pounds, probably more. And this gentleman was in my guard and couldn't pass my guard. So he proceeded to straight arm, like make a fist, put his fist in my throat, and then straight arm my throat and jump to his feet to get me to open my guard up. So, like, I felt his knuckles touch my spine through my trachea. <laughs> and, like, I'm literally sitting there, like, coughing and gagging, trying to figure out what's happened. And, like, I just snapped an armbar as hard as humanly possible. As you should have. Yes. Cause, so, cause... my hip shot up, and I didn't actually get it because he was stacking me so much. So, I went to my mirror lock. As I went to my mirror lock, I pulled him back down in there, and I literally just tried to break his arm. I, like, I threw my entire body weight behind it. I... I want so badly just to feel his shoulder come out of socket <laughs> for that. And uh, unfortunately, he just screamed like a girl and tapped, and I didn't get to get my snap. But um, after that, like, we started from standing again. I literally just grabbed him by the lapels, started running forward, kicked his feet out from under. Like, after that, I had him by the lapels, kicked his foot out, and just flat-backed him as hard as I could and mauled his ass for two minutes after that. Was this um, – was this – like right before we came here or was that when we were there when uh we were training under jeff right before we came here okay yeah so it wasn't while we were there under jeff i can't i can't remember his name i'm wanting to say that he still trains he does he just got his black belt okay so you know who i'm talking about i'm pretty sure i know yeah, you're okay about. Yeah. i don't i don't know that for sure but i, I well think... from my understanding this gentleman threw his weight around quite a lot and tried to like injure some other people the night he was there as well but yeah man like my throat literally it felt like I had strep throat for like four days after that. I think, um, in my case, uh, I'm try- I was sitting here trying to rack my brain, figure out who you were talking about. I don't think I can. So I'll tell the story. Uh, most of the people that, uh, most of our students already know this story, but, um, it, so I had come down with, with the shingles and I used to work for, uh, like a huge, huge 
multi-billion dollar a year oh, corporation. I do know who you're about. And um, I, I uh, had been on, I had like, I was going to be on in training in Atlanta for like, what was it? Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and I would be back in town on Wednesday afternoon. Well, on Sunday morning, I had to go to the urgent care because I had this rash on the back of my hand and I had a fever and it turns out I had uh, shingles mm-hmm. so I, I like I had to go to this sales meeting I just had to there was no getting around it I mean like a, all the company had spent like all this money on me being there yeah. and I didn't feel so bad so I wrapped up my hand with a bunch of gauze and then wrapped like an ace bandage around it and I drove to Atlanta and took the medication and did the training I didn't feel so great but I came back and I was feeling better. I came back a little early on Wednesday. And when I walked in the in Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu, because this is how crazy we all are about Jiu-Jitsu, like I left the hotel in Atlanta and drove straight to Phoenix. I didn't even drive home. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I like came straight to Phoenix. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody, I think Dan was teaching a class. Were you teaching that night? So, I think either, I was, either yeah. you, I think it was either you or D. But anyway, yeah. somebody was teaching a class. And I walked in. No, I no, like, no, D wasn't here that night. Okay, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So, so you, it had to be you me, were yeah. definitely yeah. so. Um, the cousin of one of my former students was here visiting. He trains with another at another academy, and uh, I was just standing on the sidelines watching when it come time to spar. And this guy, I want to say, uh, I cannot remember his name. I'll think about it here in a second. But anyway, he's sparring with one of our female um, students, and he is going hard like hard hard like real rough and the guy's real rough to begin with and you know i i can understand maybe not being real polished but he was like roughing this girl up and uh, my student maria she walks off the mat and i could see in her eyes she was about ready to cry and i i you know just saw these big old tears well up in in maria's eyes and it mm-hmm. infuriated me and now that i think about it i was like daniel so i pulled daniel aside i'm like you should kill that person don't tell this wrong mm-hmm. We, okay, I'm gonna tell my version. <laughs> okay, you then tell you your tell version. your version. You tell I'm your okay version. with it. Okay, this, I'm just saying okay. from my from it's my story. I got you. I got you. So I'm like Daniel, this person should leave here injured. Like, go beat his ass. And so him and Daniel, Daniel has a good heart. He didn't want to injure this person. So Daniel and him have like a a pushing contest essentially. And mm-hmm. I am absolutely furious by this point. So I go out the car, get my gi. This is how this is how crazy jujitsu people are. We. <laughs> I knew. I, I mean, I had the shingles. I couldn't train while I was in while I was in Atlanta. Yeah. But I was like, "Well, maybe if it clears up." So I brought my gi and some nogi stuff in case I had time to train. <laughs> no, and feel well, I wasn't going yeah, to. Yeah. So anyway, I go out to my car, get my gi, because uh, it was gi night. Otherwise, I wouldn't have um, put my gi on. And I was like, "I'm gonna find a way to sucker this dude into like grappling with me because I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, not yeah. murder him, but you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna make him regret roughing up my students." Mm-hmm. And so um, one of my former students starts screaming at this guy, uh, like, hey, he's got shingles. You can't roll with him. You can't roll with him, which I didn't understand. I was like, why do you, why do you care? Like, A, I've got it all covered up. B, shingles isn't like – I mean, it is contagious, but only if you haven't had um, – Oh, I didn't know it was contagious. So shingles is like the remnants of chicken pox. So if you've yeah. ever had chicken pox, you can't – like, I can't transmit shingles. Okay, gotcha. but if you've never had chicken pox, you can get shingles if you were to like rub the raw juice of 
the oh, shingles yeah. on okay. on someone. Yeah, I don't know anything about. I just remember it was weird because you and Jeff had shingles at the same time, it, but like it, it wasn't areas. at the same time. It was like maybe like two weeks apart, and that was, was super weird. Yeah. That was very weird because um, see, I thought so. That was like in the fall, I believe, and then in the or sometime, but like three months later, Rob got it on his back. Like, all three of y'all had it literally within six months of each other. It was very weird. And, well, like, Rob doesn't do jujitsu. You know, there's right, no way yeah. he would have got it from either one of you. Yeah, I see him once yeah. every six weeks, probably. You know, yeah, so, that, yeah. yeah. And Jeff never sees him. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, um, he he didn't, he, he didn't, I, ne- I didn't get a chance to get a hold of him. Yeah. But, as luck would have it. As luck would have it. Several years later, a few months ago, before we were closed for the coronavirus, mm-hmm. This young man, I, I don't know what would possess him, but like he must have forgotten that I want to strangle the life out of him. Mm-hmm. And he showed up for an open mat. And it took me took me a little while to recognize who he was. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I remember uh, you. And it's been like three years, maybe yeah. longer than that. Yeah. But as soon as I recognized it, I was like, mm-hmm. So I started asking him some qualifying questions to make sure that he was the person that I thought that he was. Because yeah. I can't remember names. And um, mm. I proceeded to absolutely, I mean, I, I did all the mean things that I know how to do. without, mm. And I didn't even want him to submit. I just wanted him to, yeah. like, hurt, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just kind of carry him through a round where you just do everything that hurts. Yes. And so every time, I, I, have, a, I have a good heart, I think. And so every time I would start to kind of feel a little bit bad, I would be like, well, you know, that was probably enough. I, I've probably paid him back for what he did. Mm. I would just think about, I had to like force myself to remember what Maria looked like when she was walking off the mat with big old oh, tears in her gee. eyes to go upstairs and cry. Mm. And I was like, nope, fuck that. You get some more. You know, like every single time I was like, you gonna <laughs> yeah. get some more. Yeah. And then after I finished beating his ass, I told D, I was like, hey, D, that dude was here about three years ago and tried to, you know, tried to rough up Marie. He was like, really? Okay, thanks. And then he beat his ass too. <laughs> dude came oh, and got two rounds in yeah. and then left. We never saw oh, him hell again. yeah. That's all you want. <laughs> yeah. So I was so ecstatic that, that I got an opportunity to pay this person back. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I mean, some people may feel like that makes me a dickhead, but like, to me, that is uh, justice. No. Like, especially the gall to come back. I mean, mm-hmm. bro, you rough up one of my... Man, if he roughed up you, I would look at you and be like, Psh, I don't give a fuck. Go kick his ass. <laughs> That's your problem. You know? yeah. what, what is wrong with you? Yeah. But like, rough up one of my my female students, and she was a, a white belt at the time, yeah. you know? I was like, oh, that will not stand. Mm-hmm. And it, the circumstances just... It, it was such that like, I, I, I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. I, I couldn't... I couldn't catch him right then yeah. you know i just didn't have like mm-hmm. he wouldn't grapple with me and you know the circumstances so yeah, yeah. made me I feel good you. to get that one back that's the only person i've ever and I, I when i say hurt i mean i didn't i didn't you went in with ill intent yeah yes yeah i wanted yeah. him to be miserable the entire time he mm-hmm. had no interest in teaching him anything yeah i got you other than don't come back here with that mm-hmm. shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> Tell, tell your Cuckoo. amended version to the to my story. Well, it's not the amended version, but like I had no clue what was going on. Like whenever you hollered at me, I don't remember what you said, but it's something like uh, I said, "Kick his fucking ass." No, you didn't say it in that I did. term. 
But you said, I don't remember, you said something like that, and I literally thought you were just joking because it was a visitor. Like, I thought you knew him, and you were just picking with him. I'm not joking, I Daniel. I know that, but like <laughs> I said, I was rolling with other people and everything else, and I had no idea. I didn't see Maria, like, getting up upset or any of that stuff. So I had no clue what was going on. You're like, kick his ass. I was like, oh, okay, I'll go with him now. You know, like, I didn't understand the severity of the situation. I should have I should have been more plain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you do that with everybody, you know. I was so yeah. mad at that guy, though. Mm-hmm. It's probably best that I got I got a, a three year gap in between when he did that and when I had a chance to pay him back. Because if I would have got a hold of him that night, I probably would have done like yeah. I probably would have hurt hurt him. Mm-hmm. Like I was really pissed off at him. I got you. Yeah, I think I that's one of the things about jujitsu that I like is that you can't write checks that your ass won't cash. No, you know what I mean, like. Yeah. Like, you, you realize that you have to be decent, at least to these people and the people they care about, mm. or else the consequences for your actions are... Di- dire isn't the right word, but they are most certainly violent and not fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's for sure. Yeah, but I mean, that's one thing about taking a... or learning a martial art that is always pressure tested. Yeah. You know, like, there's everything in jiu-jitsu. It either works or it don't. You know what I mean? And obviously, you know, once you get to black belt, everything kind of works on white belts but i mean at the same time you get with somebody who can push you technically and physically and you've got shitty technique like you're screwed that's yeah. ours too i mean like you take like points karate like a point karate match and you see them tapping each other and you're like okay well that's fine but you have a zero follow through when it actually comes to uh, uh what's the full contact karate karokoshin uh, or something like that kaiokoshin kaiokoshin yeah, yeah. So you've got varying levels with different martial arts as to what's pressure tested and what isn't. Well, yeah, I mean, it, th- I think the thing that I like about jujitsu is the the realness of it. When you recognize mm. that, you know, you're like the it's real. It's all it's real easy to stand around or to to be on Facebook or YouTube or whatever whatever form of social media or you know, and talk a bunch of trash and pretend to be a, a badass, and all, you know, whatever people do. Mm. But then, like, in the real world mm. where we live, and I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I live, because everybody knows I stir up shit on Facebook, but, like, I'm yes, saying, I'm, I'm not going to say nothing. I, I would never say something on mm. Facebook that I am not committed to mm. backing up that in is real one life. Thing, that's one thing that will definitely, like, give you props for is I have seen some of your Facebook arguments to where you're like, cool, well, I run this gym, come see me. Here's the address, <laughs> yeah, sign the waiver, the I'll be there. Yeah, Man, I was, uh, <laughs> my friend Lyndon Helton, who's a, a lawyer, he actually has an office right next to uh, the original workout. And anyway, uh, Lyndon's a very left-leaning fellow. Um, mm. I, I, I think the world of Lyndon, he's a great dude. We've been friends a long time, but you know, he, he has some relatively... I would say middle but left-leaning ideas. And uh, I was l- looking on one of his posts one time, and these three rednecks started, like, ganging up on them. And you know the type. They got uh, an American flag waving as their profile pic. And, uh, you know, What's uh, wrong with loving your country? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But what I found is, uh, I'm being stereotypical here, it is with with a relative degree of certainty, if someone has an American flag as their profile pic, mm-hmm. they're, uh, I mean, a full-fledged, Trump-loving, 
I mean, mud mud truck. You know, they're a very typical. They fit in a very specific range mm. of folks, good or bad. Doesn't matter what you think. Mm-hmm. So, these three guys uh, started like, you know, just. I mean, they were going hard on Lyndon, and Lyndon was kind of by himself in this argument. They were. Now Lyndon's a very smart guy, yeah. way smarter than these gentlemen. But these guys were like, you know, just calling him names mm. and saying things. Just sheer you know, quantity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I jumped in. I, I originally, I started with no other reason than to pick a fight with these guys. Mm. But uh, they, I started kind of light. I started like kind of like, well, what do you think about this and that? And pretty soon they're like, well, you're probably one of those libtard fags too. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, so I now want to punch you in the face. <laughs> and you've, you seem like you want to punch me in the face. So yeah. when would you like to do that? Mm. Well, come to my house. I live out on the end of this dirt road. And you know, this guy was like, nah, bro, listen, (laughs) I'm not coming to your house to assault you so that you can shoot me. And then like, give this, make it justified, justified (laughs) because this crazy person came to your house. So if you're so intent on fist fighting me, I have a place we can do that. Just Mm -hmm. sign the waiver. I'll beat your brains in, bring somebody to like, take you home. Cause you ain't going to enjoy the, well, I bet you would think that you roll around on the floor with men. You, you know, just, all the all the mm. stuff and I was like cool bro so when are you going to be there I'll be here on this time when, when are you going to be there and they, they never would yeah and I didn't realize this is how dumb I am I sort of learned a lesson I didn't realize so Lyndon sent me a private message he was like man please don't beat up my friends I was like what <laughs> these guys are, he's like I'm, they're idiots but I've known them for 25 years I mean yeah. like please please don't beat them up especially on my account you know and I was like oh, Jesus <laughs> Okay, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that's what, the yeah. lesson that I learned mm. was that like mm. it's not my place to to yeah. you know threaten violence on people who, yeah. I mean, you know, mm. your Lyndon's just having fun with them, and now mm. I'm all like emotionally invested in like <laughs> their, their ass whipping. You know, well, there's been a couple that you kind of jump into too, and you like stick your toe in the water sure. to see what you're dealing with. There was uh, uh what was it about? It was recent. Jen posted something. One of her friends oh, was jumping in on it, on her. And then you were like, what do you do for a living? Yeah. <laughs> so to give a little backstory, um, I have a friend, Jen Banks. She's a police officer. And um, she uh, she's, you know, a, a very good person. She's a power lifter and a mm. physique contestant i don't know what you call those things oh she's a bodybuilder yeah fitness and all that stuff so that's how i know her but at any rate she this dude i mean i i don't know a person who is more impartial than jen Mm. like she i bet she is a fantastic police officer i mean Mm. i bet she is a fantastic police officer this guy some rando like starts going all in on her about you know fucking pigs and they should all and blah you know just being crazy Mm. And uh, I simply asked, like, "Hey, man, what do you do for a living?" My my, the reason I asked that, because whatever his answer was going to be, I was going to be like, "Well, you know, hey, there are people who really excel at your job. You may be one of those people. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's let's say the guy's a dishwasher. I don't know. Pick, yeah. Take a pick. Yeah. Doesn't matter. There are probably some really, really, really qualified and good dishwashers in this country. There are probably some absolute." terrible dishwashers and more than likely there is like the vast majority of people are in the middle they make mistakes sometimes they 
you know, they probably aren't evil. They just wash dishes because that's what they need to do for money and on and on and on. Mm. So my hope was to be like, well, listen, you know, not everyone is good at their job. And, and yeah. this, this particular gentleman, what, Kurtz, or I don't know that guy's name. I don't remember his name. The, the guy that strangled um, George Floyd. Is that right? Or Floyd George. I, I get it backwards. George Floyd. Okay. Yeah. The guy that kneeled on his neck was obviously bad at his job. Yeah. Like real bad. Now, that does not excuse him, but that certainly doesn't mean that all police people yeah. across the board, 100%, are evil. That no. is wrong. No. But he did not want to play my game. No, he didn't. I loved his comment back was, that's none of your fucking business. It's like, wow. Yeah. Like, Somebody's okay. a little hot already. Right. <laughs> he you just know? asked you what you do for a living. Well, yeah. the, the funny part was, did you read the rest of it? Hmm? I scrolled through it, but like it was going on as I was reading, oh, okay. so I didn't read all of it. Well, yeah. he's he made mention he wouldn't he would never talk to me. He he told yeah. Jen he was like, "Well, I don't answer questions to fucking cops," and anybody yeah. that knows me knows I'm about the least cop person <laughs> ever in the world, right? So Jen's like, yeah. "Well, you know, Bever's not a cop, so he was probably just attempting to like have a conversation with you." Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's like, "Well, I just assumed since he's a canine." So I was like, uh, I'm a canine? Like, did you just call me a dog? I don't understand your, like, what are you talking about, bro? And he was like, well, it says on your page that you own Atlas Canine. I was like, "Uh, yeah, I do. It's a dog training company. Like, Mm. I I do train Labradoodles and, (laughs) you know, pit bull mixes (laughs) and everything else, you know. My specialty is Great Danes, actually. (laughs) Actually, but, you know, just... Just because I have a Belgian Malinois doesn't make me a cop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Speaking of which, I meant to ask this on uh, the podcast when Clover was here. What does K9 mean? What, what, like the two letters? Yeah, yeah. Like, why does K9 mean dog? Well, I don't know. I, I would say it's probably the Latin uh, classification of that breed of, or that breed isn't the right word. Species. Species of animal. Oh, okay. Good. It's not, when you see it, when it's the scientific way, it's not K with a nine. It's um C A Oh like K nine T. Yes. Oh okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, but I, just to make it like short, they're yeah. just like K nine. Well I gotcha. But I, I like I said I just didn't know. I've always seen K nine, I know what it means, but like I didn't know what the actual term stood for. Yeah, yeah. I would assume that is the the Latin classification for that species of animal. Okay. Gotcha. You know, like like bears aren't bears, they are you know bears of manaconis. Yeah, some manaconis. Right. Yeah, I gotcha. So that would be my guess. Okay. So yeah. Apparently, I'm a canine, <laughs> according to that one ultra-left super-lived heart. To be fair, I doubt that's the first time you've been called a dog. Well, so. it's not. Certainly not. <laughs> Definitely not. Yep. Not even today, actually. Speaking of which, how's your back feeling? Not so great. Oh, still jacked up then? Yeah. It's, it's not mm. it's not worse, but it's not it's not, not real good. Ugh. I uh, By the end of the day, yesterday had improved. Oh, For the listeners, I've in, injured myself again. Again. Doing literally nothing. Like, I... I I yeah. just woke up and was like, oh, my back hurts. Uh, I hate that. Story of my life. Yeah, I did the same thing the other day. Luckily, my acupuncturist was able to take care of it for me. But I know what I did. What'd uh, you do? Raylan has his 2 a.m. feeding. So I kind of just like throw the pillow and then like prop up on my uh, headboard. Yeah. And then feeding like this, like 
you know, the way you'd normally feed a baby, except my back's crooked. Yeah. And then me and him both fell asleep. <laughs> so I woke up like hunched over with my head dangling and him halfway out of my arms. Oh, nice. So when I woke up, I like sat up real fast. As soon as I sat up real fast, I felt a pinch in my lower back. So it's amazing, man. You're, Dude, the body's so fragile, but yeah. it's fragile, but ultra resilient. Yeah, I mean, it's such a yeah. weird vessel that we, that we walk around in every day. I mean, think about it. Dude, that's one of the things like I've talked to my clients about it. I get slammed on my head. I get people cranking my neck, choking me, everything else. My two worst neck injuries was sleeping on my damn pillow wrong. Yeah. Like I can you just wake it. up and like, oh my God, I can't look to my right. Like I've got to turn my entire body to see <laughs> to what's change, over To there. change lanes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the shit, man? But yeah, that's how it goes. You get stacked, you get slammed, everything else. And then your neck's just like, nah, I just ain't doing it today. I think it might be a like accumulation, you know, like a, like a. Could be. You know, just overuse injuries right yeah. well I tell you man like the body is really strange so you take somebody that's like been obese for a long time mm-hmm. and then they're like well you, you start talking to them you find out they've had two back surgeries and you know mm-hmm. they're getting ready to have knee surgery their ankle hurts their feet hurt they're, like there's always a thing and you're like yeah no I can totally see it like mm-hmm. your body's not mm-hmm. meant to carry that much weight it's just not like your your knees and your ankles and your mm. feet, your back. None of that stuff's meant to be obese. We are we are yeah. engineered to be sleek, moving mm-hmm. things all the time. Mm-hmm. We're we're not supposed to be sedentary. Mm. No, the chair is just as bad as smoking. No lie, it will destroy your body. I work against that with, I'd say easily eighty percent of my clientele. I have to work against the chair. Because they drive a lot through traveling. They set a desk for eight hours. As soon as they're done with that, they drive back home. They sit in front of the TV. Hamstrings get shortened. Quadriceps get shortened. The core just dies. And the glutes turn into cushions instead of main movers. So, yeah, man, there's a lot of hip activation work that I have to do with most of my clientele just to get their lower back to stop hurting, get their knee pain to go away. All that seems... Uh... I mean, but, but on the other side, if you think about it, like uh, any joint, it doesn't matter which one, elbow, neck, whatever, yeah. all of your all of your resources have a, a finite, I don't know if that's the right word, they have a, a maximum usage, right? So think about like how many steps does your knee have in it, like for its life? And the answer would be different for each person, right? Yeah. But I'm saying like... Mm. So do you, overuse can also drastically affect those things. Well, so overuse can be counteracted through mobility, through nutrition. Um, according to Kelly Starrett, I have not, I'll preface this by saying I have not been able to find the study that he talks about, but Kelly Starrett is a physical therapist. He's known for, uh, he wrote a book called The Supple Leopard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, so I love that book. I mean, I use it all the time. But he said, I always thought that was just a weird name for a for a book. Yeah. Like, well, that was his thing. Leopard. Like you never hear of leopards pulling a hammy, and they don't stretch. You know, like that was his thing. They do everything through movement. But he was, um, he's been quoted a couple of times in different articles and podcasts, hurting on saying that the human body is designed to last 110 years, and we've got like eight year olds blowing out MCLs. You know, it's the movement pattern itself. So if you do the mobility, if you do stretch, if you use the body the way it was intended to be used and train it the way it's intended to be trained, your joint should last 110 years. But 
because of our sedentary lifestyle and everything getting easier, everything getting faster, we're not using our body the way it needs to be used. Also, but jujitsu, you know, <laughs> jiu -jitsu. but wrestling. Jujitsu is great but for judo. Uh, everything <laughs> except your body. <laughs> it is funny how, mm. how like, uh, to, to me, any, any legitimate combat sports, I say this all the time, but, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't want to run through the list again, but mm. any of the legitimate combat stuff, martial arts mm -hmm. are often not so good for your for your actual body but it's amazing the things that they do for your like like jujitsu is not good for your back but it's like think about it, you lose weight you gain confidence mm -hmm. you you build bonds and friendship and yeah. you know you you assimilate towards a team you almost, it's almost, it's very tribal it's like you have a, a tribe now yeah. that you yeah. belong to yeah it's a weird Weird how it's so, destructive and positive in the same same time. Well, it depends on the dosage, right? Like the devil's always in dosage. So I always heard it was devil's in the details, but hey, whatever, we'll go with that. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Six one half dozen another. How's well, that I mean, details in <laughs> yeah. dosage seems different to me. It but. does. It does. But so with that, if you're a hobbyist, I think jujitsu is amazing for you. Yeah. If you want to redline your system and become the best on the planet, like Dan Gable. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. amazing wrestler, amazing coach. What was like the 84 Olympics took home gold without having a point scored against him? Double hip replacement, double knee replacement. Sure. So if you're going to that level, then yeah, you're going to get tore up. But look at like Silver Fox. Look at the guys who aren't just hobbyists, you know, but sure. the people who don't go death mode all the time. Take that back to people who work out. Powerlifters, you're oh, gonna tear yeah. shit. They they fuck you know, shit up. CrossFit all the time. people, you're gonna fuck shit up. Yeah. But if you're a fitness person who doesn't have a huge competition to where you have to do it as hard and as heavy as you can, chances are it's gonna increase your livelihood, not decrease it. Yeah. So I think the same thing's true. And like with the Muay Thai, one of the big things that you always hear about is how they actually train in Thailand. How a lot of the sparring is just 20, 30%. The workouts are hard, the pad work is hard, but the actual sparring, they don't take damage. Then you look at MMA in the early 2000s, like everybody was walking into the ring injured because sure. they sparred to the point of fighting during camps. Yeah. You know, so like with everything, I mean, it just depends on how hard you want to redline it, you know? Yeah. Like if, so. You're not wrong. Yeah. Think about the people we have that come on a regular basis who haven't been injured or just kind of dinged up here or there. And then look at your competition friends who are blowing out ACLs and tearing meniscus and all that stuff. So, I mean, if you redline your system, you're going to come to the point to where there's a failure with a joint or a muscle. I've been really fortunate in jiu-jitsu. I've not had a single major injury, and I need to find some wood to knock on or something because uh, <laughs> I, uh, I have been as old as I am, especially mm -hmm. for this sport, with the only real injury I have is a weak lower back, which I don't believe is, I don't believe it's directly related to Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. does not help mm -hmm. it. Like I've had a weak lower back since forever, like before yeah. I started doing jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And I think it comes from overuse. I worked construction when I was younger and uh, I would, I was so driven by my ego. I didn't realize people were, abusing me yeah you know <laughs> you're a good workhorse for sure yeah but so this is this is a pretty good story um oh brings me to another thing i want to talk about at some point okay. so um 
my uncle's on a construction company in Damascus, Virginia. It's called Farmers Construction. Okay. It's my mom's maiden name. Dude, I like Damascus. It's a nice place. That's an excellent place. We went up there to do the uh, Virginia Creeper yeah. bike trail. So my grandmother, place. my grandmother on my dad's side lives like a hundred yards from the Virginia Creeper. Like oh, I've, nice. I've walked it, biked it, swam the Holston River from one end <laughs> to the other. Like Dude, spent spent awesome. all my summers there. Yeah, cool. Um, my my dad's mom lives in this little place called Taylor's Valley, which is uh, okay. you you had to go through Taylor's Valley if you did the Virginia Creeper Trail. Okay, I intend to do it again, probably in the fall, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, worked in uh, construction, and my uncles were always you know they they work hard, but they they were uh, they're the bosses, so they're up their own machinery. They don't have time to you know manage every shovel full of gravel that you yeah. that you shovel or something. You know, yeah. so. I, being the youngest member of the crew, I was often there wasn't like a crew foreman, but like the older members would kind of, you know, they'd done it before and they would kind of yeah. steer the steer the thing. You know, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So we would go someplace and like we we were doing some demo on a house one time, and uh, this guy, when they were Jerry, uh, he, mm. he he would he would say really random things. He was hilarious, but um, anyway, he was said. He said, boy, bet you can't lift them steps over there. And I was like, well, I bet I can. (laughs) Here Jerry's like, you know, 55, big old worn out construction worker. And I'm this stupid 18-year-old, you know, I'll show you. (laughs) So I go over there and grab this giant hunk of cement and walk it over to this pile where we're piling up. And and like things like that, when I was younger, I think, have translated to like me having severe problems now. Because I, 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 it never dawned on me that he was just trying to get out of work, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, it just never dawned on me that, that people would do that. Because, you know, you're 18, you're like, well, let's go, let's go do all the hard work, you know? Mm. It turned out, like, not a good plan for my I back gotcha. when I'm 40. <laughs> yeah, we could definitely fix that, though. I don't feel I don't feel like it's fixable. It's Man, not a thing that fixable. can... You, you say this all the time. You're like, well, if you hadn't a... You know, if you just work on your core and what... I'm like, bro, I, you have to be consistent. Working until you injure yourself again and then taking six months off isn't being consistent. You got to start out slow, build up some functional strength in the lower back, spinal erectors. I was getting ready to tell you, who do you know that's that's more functionally strong than me? Mm-hmm. Like when it there, comes to your core and you get injured doing dumb stuff, I mean, it's, it's a little rough. You, you, you're a very in-shape person. You just told me you got injured sleeping with your kid. Like, it's, yeah. not, it does, it's not like based on your fitness level. No, it's based on your fitness level. Like, I'm going to recover from that quick. Like, I'm already fine. But the big thing is, is once you fix the issue that's going on with the back, you're not going to have those problems anymore. We'll see. I, okay, well, I, let's see. Get I, on my schedule two days a week. See if we can't fix it. Maybe. <laughs> Depends. Does that mean I can't be out drinking beer late? Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do as long as you show up to training sessions. Well, training sessions are going to have to be like, Mid morning. <laughs> oh, that's fine. We can do that. Yeah. Um, I I thought about like having a like a full podcast of nothing, but uh, and this would require some editing. But I I thought it'd be cool if we had like we talked to our friends and be like, tell us your your most terrible work story. Like, what was the like what was the worst story you have about a job? Oh, we could easily do that. That'd be cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have a bunch. We could chop it up. And, yeah. and you know, just have like, Willie tell his five minutes. Well, if Willie's telling a story, it's going to be like 25 oh, minutes. Lord, yeah. <laughs> It'll have to be edited, too. 
Uh, and it's going to be 25 minutes of random <laughs> shit in that 30 second story. <laughs> With him going, I'll tell you what you need to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't tell me. I know what I need to do. Shut up. Don't, don't tell me what I got to do. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I thought that'd be a pretty cool podcast. Yeah, we could do that. Mm. I kind of think, do you want do you want to hear one of mine? Sure. And then you have to tell me one of yours, but just one. I want to save. Okay. All right. You tell me. Do you I'll try have, to think of like a second or third rate one. Do you have a, Do yeah. you have one to tell right now? No. Go ahead and tell yours. All right. Let me think about it. So while working construction for my uncles, uh, you know it's a very rural area, lots mm. of farms and stuff. And I work, and uh, I always worked for them in the summertime when I was a kid. Mm. So uh, we got a call to go bury some cows that had died. I mean, man, you don't know how big, like, in real life, cows are freaking huge. They're, like, right. almost the size of cars. Especially so, when you lay them down sideways. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, you're not going to dig that hole by hand, right? So, I mean, you might, but it is, it's a long dig. It takes a while, A yeah. few days. Yeah. So, um, we, we got a call that, like, this farmer had asked us to come bury some cows. And I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what people do with cows without a backhoe. I don't know. Whatever. We were supposed to be at this farm. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, we were already at another job just down the street. In mm. the meantime, we had this terrible storm, and several more of these cows got struck by lightning. Oh, God. And, they, and the ones that were struck were standing in a pond when they got struck by lightning. But, like, the job we were at, like, took, like, you know, a week longer than it's supposed to. So, by the time we get to this farm. Everything's rotten. Oh, it's so rotten. Shit. There was one up in a, I, I don't, I I, pardon me for being graphic, but this is just the way it is. Like, things die. You know, yeah, I, I did yeah. not kill them. However, I would have to eat them, but that's another mm. story. So, um, there's one, there's a, a, a cow who was pregnant who who died during birth, and so did the calf. Like, up in the woods, we had to, you know, yeah. chain these things up and drag them down and you yeah. know, put them in a big hole and stuff. And it, it wasn't ideal, but it's just life, right? Mm. So, now we get to these... There was one big one, but these these cows out in this pond. I mean, the pond's probably maybe t- twice the size of this building. As I knocked the microphone off, maybe yeah. I can break this one too. <laughs> I bought a spare. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what do I owe you? <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, my my uncle's like, well, we got to get this this cow out of this pond. I'm like, well, okay. So reach out there and get it with the backhoe. And we try, and yeah. it's the bucket's not long enough. So now they've decided they're going to send me out to wade in this chest deep uh, water and grab a hold of this cow. And you like, said it's been in there a week, at least a week, maybe oh, more. And I'm going to chain it, and then we're going to, you know, drag it out with uh, a chain. It's going to be soup. Oh, it's a okay, good story. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I've, I've been in similar situations, well, just not in that deep of water. Earlier that day, we ate. We always ate at this one restaurant called Trails. And I had like the open face steak sandwich with extra onion rings and all the stuff, right? And then this afternoon, I'm waiting in this chest deep scum, just nasty infested. I mean, listen, a cow pond's dirty as hell, like yeah. without a dead cow in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it ain't drinking water, that's for sure. Well, it is for them, but not for us, you know. So I go wading out there and I grab a hold of this cow by the ear and his fucking ear comes off in my hand and I just lost it. I just started puking all over the place. So now I'm standing in a pond with you know, waist to chest deep puke water with putrid with dead rotten cow. <laughs> and everybody, the whole the whole crew is standing there just, I mean, horse laughing at me for because <laughs> because 
I'm an idiot. Like I don't know why you grabbed the ear. Well, they didn't even they didn't even expect me to go out there. They were like, "What a fucking retard!" (laughs) (laughs) Like they, I was that was being hazed, you know. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, "Well, we'll just watch him go out there and do this," you know. And I start, man. I just started puking, and I don't, I don't. I have a pretty stiff stomach, and I, I like, I, I just come barreling out. I was like, I'm not, I'm not fucking with this thing, right? So yeah, we find some way to kind of dig it back towards us using like a water current, you know, like we're making splashes to get it to kind of oh, come okay, closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. pawing at it like yeah. a cat within a bowl, you know? Yeah. And uh, my uncle touches it with the bucket of the backhoe and it just, I mean, it just dissipates. Like yeah. it just kind of spread out. And I was like, oh, so we drag whatever little, I mean, man, maybe a tenth of this thing came to shore and he didn't even dig a hole. We just like pushed it into the mud with the bucket. <laughs> I mean, there was just nothing left to bury. Dude, we that, just yeah, we just buried disgusting. a rotten hide. You know, were the cows still drinking out of that? I'm sure they were. I mean, they're cows. Oh, they, that's nice. I mean, they don't. I'm not saying it's good for them, but well, I'm just saying they get like, mad cow disease. I don't too. know. Like, I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know anything about that. Oh, okay. I'm just saying the cow died in a pond. Yeah. I could not control it. But no, we had a. Uh, so my grandmother and um, step grandfather, as you call. Him, have a 35 acre ranch on I thought about this Kayser. a ranch like 35 acres isn't really a ranch yeah are you sure I mean like what? Well, I mean so like a farm is for vegetables and fruits a ranch is for cattle a ranch why say it again ranch no that's not how you said it <laughs> <laughs> anyways but that's for livestock and cattle so I mean 35 acres is a ranch it's well, a, a small cattle ranch. farm is a farm mm-hmm. that's what people call them a cattle farm I'm just telling you the difference between a farm and a ranch. I don't believe you, but please okay. continue. Oh, God. I just, Anyways. I, I was, okay. you, you had mentioned this once before, and it yeah, sparked yeah. a, I was like, what, what, what's a, why, that, why is that a ranch? <laughs> Anyways. A ranch. Okay. So we had, a, or they have a ranch, and we spent a lot of our summers over there helping with cattle and that stuff. Uh, <laughs> good for you, Daniel. Good for you. But anyways, there was a uh, calf that was born, and it just disappeared. We have no idea where they are. So, you know, like, normally, like, whenever calves are born, they're okay. We only intervene if one of them gets stuck. We have to go out there and pull it out, anything like that. And, yeah. No, that one doesn't count. Okay. It was close. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> but anyways, this thing just disappeared. You know, like, normally they'll lay on the ground for a while, maybe a couple hours, but they're usually up and kind of dancing around everything after a while. And this thing just disappeared. Like, we had no clue where it got off to. We couldn't find it. We thought maybe a coyote jumped the fence and just happened to have good timing, got out of there. Anyways, the next weekend, we found it laying in the creek. Apparently, it had got to the creek and was having an issue walking on the rocks and just drowned. I mean, the creek was maybe knee-deep, but, you know, it was still dancing around, didn't have its feet underneath it yet. So, like, we grab it by the leg, and the skin just peels right off of it. I mean, it just literally just degloves it, and yeah. we have to carry it out in a couple different pieces. So, like, uh. I've been – but this wasn't sitting water. This was a moving creek, so all the putrid stuff <laughs> went on down. It wasn't, like, It's still gross, soup. though. Oh, you yeah, know what I mean? disgusting, yeah. But we had to bury it. But um, not the grossest thing that we happened – or that happened with me out on the ranch was my step-granddad – and my dad and me had to go out because one of the cows started getting an abscess on its back leg. And, I mean, this was a, you know, a pretty mature cow. It was probably about 400 pounds or so. And it had, like, this, I mean, it looked like a softball coming out of the back of its back leg. 
and we realized that it had scratched it against uh, one of the nails that were sticking out of the barn. So it just got infected. So they're like, okay, well, we just got to drain it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, what do we do? How do we do this? So, like, they, you know, got everything together. Dad ended up catching it, taking its feet out from under it, laying on its back. And my grandpa was, like, holding its head down. And all I had to do was, like, hold its leg. You know, like, we kind of overextended it to where it'd be pretty easy to hold. And Dad just pulled out his pocket knife, started, like, cutting into it, you know, just, like, slitting it open to get the pus out. All of a sudden, this thing just rips one of its front legs up turns this body and I just get sprayed. Like this stuff comes out like a water gun, dude. Like I just get sprayed with it. And you know, like when you pop a zit or something, that smell, oh dude, it took forever to get that damn smell off, man. I was pissed. That kind of makes me want to throw up now. Yeah. Luckily none of it got like on my face, in my mouth or anything like that. But dude, it just across my chest, on my pants. And I mean, as soon as it came out, the stench came with it, man. I was doing everything I could not to puke and try to stand still. Because <laughs> once you get him, it's just like popping a baseball size zit. Like, Dad had to use both his fists, push the rest of it out. And then he put, like, uh, rubbing alcohol in water and went to flush the inside of it out and suture it up. And, oh, my God, man, it was just so disgusting. Do you ever it watch was. those uh, – That that is terribly disgusting, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. Do you ever watch those uh, – like, there are lots of videos – on YouTube and other various sites of like people popping like oh like Doctor Pimple Popper. Well, that yeah. one, but there are other like like idiots that have like a big old pus filled abscess abs- yeah. abscess abscessed and uh, they get their their idiot girlfriend to slice it open and squeeze it and shit. Have you seen those? <laughs> I haven't oh. seen many. Of I watched Doctor Pimple Popper a couple of times, but the craziest one I saw was this dude had a moth in his ear. Oh. Have you seen that? No, one? like. The, they were filming something or something or another, and a moth flew Who was? in this Who guy's was filming? ear. Like his girlfriend or a friend there. And like you see him, like his whole head jerks like he just got hit in the head. <coughs> Excuse me. And like he just starts like yelling, something's in my ear. And like they take a little cell phone video or like the flashlight on the cell phone and go down in there, and they're using the camera to see what it is. And there's like a moth fluttering like down inside his ear canal, like not in the outside ear. And they have to dig that thing out with some tweezers, man. And, like, every time it flaps, he's just hollering. Ugh, it's crazy. And then you got me... those uh, bot flies. The flies oh, stop. That... Daniel, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can, I can, those are awesome to watch. I can deal yeah. with uh, 20-year-old memories of, of putrid cows, but this, this is going too far for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just can't, man. I wish I could. I just, ugh. It's just yeah. gross. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's weird that I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm like the, the visual of that is not mm. so bad for me, but the, the continuous like thinking about or talking oh, yeah. about yeah. things like that mm. make me want to like, I said things like that. Did yeah. you hear it? I didn't pay attention, but yeah, good call. <laughs> make me, I don't know, feel like almost nervous or something in my stomach. I'm like, yeah. oh man, that's, I, I'm usually tense. Maybe is the yeah. right. I'm okay with most of it. You know, I'm just like being a fascinated by physiology and anatomy and stuff. But like, there's some things that are just like whenever my wife asked section, I had zero interest in watching that. Like I flat out told her, I was like, babe, like whenever we have Raylan, like no matter how he comes out, I'm on your side of the curtain. <laughs> I'm not on the bottom side of the curtain. Oh um, man. People were like, her family are giving me shit. And they're like, you don't want to see your son coming to the world. I'm like, I'm going to no. see the nurse pick him up like two seconds later. Like, yeah. we're good. Like, like I'm going to see him. Like we're fine. 
I, I always thought it was that. weird that, like, people's family, like, bro, she, I don't, now, trust me, uh, your wife isn't the biggest fan of Jason Bever. We all know this. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> for, I mean, for obvious reasons. We're just very different people. Yeah. But uh, I, I kind of would be, I, other people's, like, in-laws opinions of, mm. of my personal choices I would be yeah. I'm like yo y'all can fuck off like I'm like sh- shut up like the don't doctor. tell me what I should do yeah. and I think it's cool that like you have so many options but whenever we're sitting there talking to the doctor you know like beforehand uh, before we knew she was having the C-section after that like none of that stuff mattered but um they're like okay so or do you want him to cut the umbilical cord it's like yeah I guess okay yeah I can do that right, okay do you want to catch him I'm like no no, no. Like, that's one time I don't want to fumble. I'm going to let the professional catch him as he's coming out. Like, I, I'm not going to be that close to the situation. I'm pretty sure that's what I pay you for is to make right. sure you don't drop it. Yeah, like, what? Yeah. Why, why am I here? <laughs> I did my part, bro. <laughs> I'm a bystander. <laughs> I did my part. That's how he got yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I do this part. You do that part. <laughs> mm, exactly. No, that was my thoughts entirely. I've never understood uh, – even I, even – relative's opinion about and i mean lots of people struggle with stuff like this but mm-hmm. I, you may or may not I don't, i'm not in, uh, trying to impart my opinion on your situation but okay. people telling you like uh oh you should live here or you should act this way or this yeah I, man that stuff gets on my nerves my mm-hmm. last nerve no big time i do not tolerate other people which is probably why i live the white the life that I do is well, I don't tolerate I other people that, telling yeah. me how to, how to live. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind suggestions from people I respect and like family members, but yeah, there's way too many people that have huge opinions on what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that either. Well, you're far more, you you're way more uh, tolerant of, of things like that than I am. Not, yeah. I mean, I'm not, it's not a, it's just, that's how you are. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm like a, I don't know, like uh, some sort of a tyrant about it. I'm like, don't tell me what to do, period. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. I've got all my friends trained, as, as you well know, but mm-hmm. people are like, you know what you should do? And I'm like, you know what you should do? You should stop telling me what to do. It's what you should do. They're like, man, I was just going to tell you you ought to get that, you know, this sort of beer. I'm like, well, I won't just because you told me. <laughs> I'll do something else. I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I like this, Daniel? I have no clue. I've been trying to figure it out for like nine <laughs> years now. <laughs> no, man, I, I just I, I do enjoy hearing people's opinions because usually you can get something good out of it. You know, maybe not doing it their way, but maybe they have an aspect of it or they see it from a little bit different angle. They're like, oh, okay, I can take something out of this. I agree. Or maybe you're like, wow, that is completely stupid, and I never want to <laughs> listen to you again. <laughs> I've had a couple of those people as well. Yeah. I've yeah. had uh, I had a friend. He told me one time. He said, uh, a, "A what was it?" He said, "I want to make sure that I get it right." Mm-hmm. And I probably won't. But he said, uh, "A normal person learns from their own mistakes. A smart person learns from other people's mistakes." Yes. Now, yeah. I think that's pretty sound logic. At the time, mm-hmm. man, that rubbed me wrong. I was like, "You're wrong." I don't even learn from my own mistakes. Like, what are you talking but, about? I mean, who does really? You know. <laughs> I try to. I don't always, but I try to. I try. It's, hmm. a, it's a hard business. <laughs> no, no, but like one of the so one of the biggest examples of that is so my dad has been a maintenance man for like the better part of forty years now. 
Like, that's just the one thing he's good at. He's definitely a Mr. Fix-It. Like, when it comes to industrial machines, he worked at a, it's called White House, National Fruit. They bottle um, the apple juice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Apple, or White House apple juice products. White, white, say, say white again. Oh, my God. Do it Shut again. Why white. White. He's like, White, white House. White House. White Anyways, House. he's the manager over there. So, he's always worked in an industrial setting. So, um they shut down maybe about 10 years ago, but right before they shut down, they started bringing in like all the digital stuff, you know, like the automated machines. Right. And he was talking to me. He's like, you need to learn how to like learn this STEM stuff and learn how to run um, whatever it was. I don't remember the name of it. And then I told him whenever I got laid off from the leather factory that I was going back to school to be a personal trainer. He thought that was the dumbest idea on the planet. He's like, you're going to do what? You're going to work at a gym? I was like, well, I'm going to train clients. You know, like you've got a lot of different avenues doing that. He's like, why don't you get a real job and stop like trying to hang out at the gym all day? Like you can't make a living like that. I'm like, well, I think I can. I'm pretty good at it. He's like, no, you need to go back to school for something else. Like this is, this is dumb. Like he literally just like shut down everything. I was like, wow. Like, okay. Yeah. Fast forward two years later and I'm making a decent living being a personal trainer. Yeah. <laughs> and now we just don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It's but, funny. Like that was it. Like, you know, he's the one person, you know, you kind of look up to being a guy, you look up to your dad and you're like, well, shit, he thinks I'm a loser for wanting to go back to school for this. Yeah. And like, maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, maybe I should like go with him, learn how to do electronic work and all this stuff. And I was like, nah, screw that. Like, let's see where this goes and I'll figure it out later. My dad spent, uh, well, he, he, he's ret- actually retired twice. He's retired uh, from the state for, you know, he was a law enforcement agent yeah. for 32 or five years. I can't remember which. Yeah. And then um, then he went to work as a salesman for a thing. Uh, they made uh, stamped steel products for uh, the furniture industry. So, like, selling casters and screws and, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Just bullshit for furniture. Mm. And uh, he, man, he would always rag me. Well, you don't ever, you don't ever save any money. You know, what are you going to do for retirement? And it just yeah. always like up my ass about something in related to like mm. what he perceived as like adult behavior. Yeah. You know, yeah. can't believe you down there rolling around on the floor with men. <laughs> you're going to, going to break your stupid arm and then how are you going to work? You know, just, it's yeah. always some shit with him. Uh, right. Yeah. And I watched, I watched my dad spend another decade of his life doing a job that he absolutely mm-hmm. hated, hated yep. every second of it for a decade in an effort to make sure that he got his full retirement. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I've quit jobs because it's Tuesday. I looked yeah. at somebody and been like, fuck off. I'm yeah. leaving. Like, I'm not doing I don't give a man. Oh, shit, man. Life's about enjoying, not suffering yeah. through ten years to make sure you kind of have some money. Later. And you know what the best part is? So he suffered needlessly because mm. now he literally does nothing. He might leave his house once a week, yeah. maybe, mm. and that's to go to food line to buy some canned beans and shit. <laughs> he, he don't. I, I'm like, hey, pop, let's go out to eat. Uh, I don't. I don't want to go all them fancy places you like to go. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll pick you something up. What do you want? Well, uh, it's a foot long for 99 cent day at the Circus Hall of Cream. I'm like, who gives a fuck? Like, who? Oh, shit. What like, do you want? I'll go get you a rack of ribs if that's what you want. I don't give a shit, Pop. Like, well, you shouldn't be spending money like that. 
I'm like, what are you? <laughs> you retired twice and you still want to eat cheap? <laughs> yeah, like, what are you? Who cares? Have you a know? steak, man. I, I will say there are times when he would never say this, but mm. it's obvious that he sort of envies the way that I live. Mm. For the listeners who don't know, I, I, I am basically a nomad. Like, you could put everything that I own minus the couch that I bought from Habitat for Humanity in my in my Honda Element. And I could move like to like I could move out of my apartment today, you know, with the shit that I have. Uh, I don't own very many things. I, mm-hmm. Everything I own is paid for. I don't have a lot of debt, but yeah. I also don't have a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so, like, it's almost you know, I don't save money. I'm like, cool. Let's, you know, let's go to New York for two months. Mm-hmm. I, I, that that's living to me. Yeah. I'm not interested in like who can die with the most useless shit. No, I completely understand. So it, it's been interesting to see him as he gets older start to sort of appreciate, like, the way that I do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And just because I live life differently than him doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just yeah. different. It's just not the way that he lived. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, <laughs> I don't have a backup plan, you know what <laughs> I mean? People are like, well, what are you going to do if this? I'm like, I don't know. I've, I'm just going to live. Like, I've, I've been... I've been here for 41 years now. Like, maybe I'll be here another 41. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a lot of freedom not doing that, you know? Before me and Sarah got together, I was a complete minimalist. The exact same thing. Like, the only thing that... Uh, I think the only thing I'd splurged on then was literally, like, books. You know, I had, you know, a laptop, this little piece of shit, but I could still do my writing and stuff on there, and that was it, man. But now, yeah, sucked into home decor and setting up all of this room, setting up that room. We got to have pictures here and little things to hang on the wall there. Yeah. Got to have that live, laugh, love thing that hangs exactly. over the sink. Yeah. <laughs> You're so predictable. I don't think we have one of those. You do. I guarantee you do. <laughs> I'll look with me. You, we better. Yeah. Text Sarah. I bet we, <laughs> I bet you got one. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. She picked it up at Bad Bath and Beyond a couple I years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, man, but like it's really free, and I'm actually looking at going back towards more of a minimalist lifestyle, just because we do have too much crap. You getting divorced? No, Lord no, because <laughs> that's what it would take. <laughs> well, she can still have all of her stuff. <laughs> I just gotta make my stuff smaller. I don't think of it as like an official minimalist way of thinking. I just mm-hmm. I would rather have, you know, I would rather have a six pack of good beer that I like than like a, a picture frame to hang yeah, on the wall. Yeah. Like, I just don't value those oh, yeah. things. I'm not even home long enough to care about that. Mm. I, I would, the the things that I have, I wouldn't say don't have any value, but aren't, I don't care about things. I don't even yeah. really care about money. I care about the things you can do with money. Yeah. Like, can you go to, you know, the Henzo Gracie Academy in Houston next week? You know, mm. whatever. Like, yeah. I can you drink good beer? Yeah. Can you have good conversation with your friends? That's what I care about. No, I completely understand. And one of my big things is the people that I follow, um, just the you know intelligent people that I follow on various multimedia stuff or multi uh, social media stuff. A lot of them have more of a minimalist mindset to help with their creativity. So like some of the writers that I follow, um, some of the other most jujitsu people, honestly. Now that I think about it, a lot of the jujitsu people I follow have more of a minimalist. Well, jujitsu well. people do it because they're broke as shit. And yeah. They don't. They don't have any <laughs> professional money. Professional athletes know? making ten thousand dollars a year. If, if they're lucky, <laughs> I mean, I would. 
Yeah. Man, if I made ten grand, I mean, I'm kind of a professional athlete, sorta. Mm-hmm. Ten ten grand a year would be like a like a nine thousand dollar year raise for me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I I I was thinking about it, and uh, I I think creativity is an interesting thing. Well, mm-hmm. to go to your point. Um, Anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge White Stripes fan, and mostly Jack White. Like he, all the bands, all the other bands that he's in. Mm. And I saw some interview with him. It might have been there is a documentary called Great White North or Into the Great White North. I cannot cannot remember, but it's a a real kind of gritty, not overly produced um, uh, documentary about the White Stripes, and they they went on a tour in Canada and Alaska. Mm. And this tour wasn't, uh, it wasn't like big, big stuff. It was like um, small school school gyms and stuff. Like dive bars and stuff? Not, not even that, like oh, gymnasiums. Wow. So anyway, um, he talked a lot about putting uh, his picks in a, in a inconvenient place so that when he lost the pick, he had to struggle to get it. And through that struggle, somehow created like, uh, uh, what's the? It increased his creativity. It like uh, he kind of aggravated himself on purpose, I guess. And it was odd, but I got to thinking about it, and I was like, you know, it's not very dissimilar from jujitsu in that you, if you're having a problem with bottom side control, start in bottom side control, which yeah. is a terrifying, mm-hmm. terrible, horrible place to be in. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. just keep being there (laughs) growth is the product of struggle is it that's a good i like that growth is the product of struggle Mm -hmm. i think uh surviving adversity creates uh some level of self-reliance oh definitely you know yeah i agree with that i i can't remember the last time i was so stressed out that I, I couldn't make a decision, a good decision about something that was important. Yeah. You know, I, I may struggle to make the right decision, but I'm, I, I don't get nervous about like, Oh God, what are we going to do? Coronavirus. Uh, somebody asked me the coronavirus started like it, the, the rumors of the coronavirus was like a week before we were supposed to start our kids class. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was sitting with some friends and they were like, what, what are you going to do? What, what's going on? I was like, I, I don't know, I guess, keep on living i hope that's in my plan <laughs> like well well what what about the gym i'm like i don't i don't i don't know i mean everybody else is going to struggle too right so like it's not just me i yeah. i'm planning on being alive when this is done <laughs> i'm i'm yeah. planning on still having a jiu-jitsu academy i don't know like we'll we'll see yeah. what are you going to do like how do you i don't get to make these no not right how do you plan for a pandemic yeah i didn't <laughs> Well, now it's a scamdemic is what I'm. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. I like I like that term, scamdemic. scamdemic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. What was the first one? There was a documentary, Plandemic. Oh yeah. Yeah, where they planned everything out because it's an election year. And those Man, guys are. There's off. some con- yeah. There's, don't get me wrong. Some conspiracy theorists don't make sense, but they end up being right in the end, occasionally. Then some of them are like. Dude, you need to put the crack pipe down and have a real conversation with a human being. I didn't watch that. Hmm. Uh, I what I end up watching like two or three clips that other people shared, but apparently like it got shut yeah, down. It got like pulled. you can't find it anywhere on the internet. Now. Yeah. It got pulled off before I 
I was like, I'm not spending an hour of my life yeah. watching whatever conspiracy shit you're 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 trying to sell. Mm. I, I don't mean it seemed far fetched yeah. to me. Well, I mean, if it was so bad they needed to pull it, then yeah, it's probably <laughs> pretty rough because there's a lot of false documentaries out there that haven't like been ripped off of the internet. You know, there was a. This is kind of funny. Speaking about getting getting taken for a ride, there was some. I think it might have been Discovery, and the Discovery Channel had put out this. As it turns out, it was a movie, but it was... Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. About the mermaids? Yes. They, People they, thought it was real. They got me, bro. Yeah. They, oh, I really? was like, are you fucking kidding me? See, I knew it. I knew there was mermaids. <laughs> I was so See, stupid. I never watched the documentary, but I heard like all the backlash about it. it was, they did a good job. Yeah. But, oh, really? But what happened was I started, during watching it for, watching it for the first time, I was like, uh, that guy, that you know through just regular conversation yeah. you can you can almost sense like there's like this ability for of humans to kind of look at each other and go you know that person is expressing body language that seems oh what's the name of that but you, the uncanny valley yes okay yeah, yeah i don't but but you know you get to sort of under, like eye contact and body movement yes. and stuff you're like oh that person's probably telling the truth and, yeah, and yeah. You, there's no proof of this it's just your feeling yeah, yeah well in the middle of that they were interviewing you know it, it turned out to just be a movie but they were yeah. pretending to interview this guy and i was like that guy seems sketchy like i don't i don't totally buy what he's selling and it turns out like it wasn't uh it wasn't a documentary it was a movie and they got me i was oh, like okay. i was like ah. gotcha Okay. And, and Discovery Channel ended up really getting in, not getting into, but yeah. they, they there were some people that were real pissed off at Discovery uh, for, for they well, did, they did a great job. So uh, what was it? Orson Welles, War of the Worlds oh, radio yeah. show, like yeah. same thing, you know, like yeah. it was fiction, but everybody started freaking out <laughs> because they thought it was real. <laughs> but no, I'm sorry, I thought you were talking about like the computer generated mermaids and stuff. So it never actually showed mermaids in the no they TV no, show. Well, they they showed like. I don't know. I'll send you a link to it. I'm sure okay. it's on YouTube yeah. or something. Oh, but man, fine. it like, they got me. I mean, because mm. it's on Discovery. You're like, oh, yeah. well, this is a trusted network of mm. like documented science stuff. Yeah. And they spent a bunch of money like making this documentary about mermaids that seemed to be, and they weren't saying like. They, they weren't saying it was a documentary. Well, yeah. I mean, they said it. Oh, shit. But, but like there was probably like some small you know print <laughs> yeah. somewhere that i didn't read you know or i come in this gotcha. is back when you watch tv yeah. you know like it came on at a time and you had to be there for yeah. it okay gotcha so uh it yeah. man it was good if you haven't seen it like mm. I, I hate that i ruined it for you oh no you're <laughs> fine like i said i'd heard about it i've just never seen it man yeah. it was well done now i might look That's at right. it now and be like uh what the fuck because you know it was oh yeah but you were all excited the first time yeah you didn't know what to expect yeah i got gotcha. you and they they sold it they spun it like these mermaids were like they weren't half man half fish they were more like uh uh like uh humans like early humans that instead of taking to land spent their time in the water so like hunter gatherers that were gathering you know fish and stuff from the sea who then evolved into like this half dolphin half man sort of mammal that lives on not underwater but yeah. that you know can hold their breath for a long like a dolphin or a whale or whatever okay yeah and they, and they were like they were selling it as if they've found this new species of animal gotcha. that 
and it the, the navy was involved it was a whole thing man <laughs> and i was like oh my god i'm so in turns out it's kind of dumb yeah <laughs> i'm a dumbass <laughs> but i'm not the only dumbass because a lot of other yeah. people were freaked out too speaking of documentaries i found the uh, documentary that jm was referring to when he was on the podcast hell's bells or I, whatever i don't remember oh okay so he was talking about that and that was a documentary i want to check out yeah, it's like three and a half hours long. It's like, yeah, eh, might hit the cliff notes. <laughs> I'm, I, I can't I, devote that much time to it. If people are, I, I tell you, one of the things that I love about this podcast mm. is that uh, I don't often get an hour and a half or three hours or whatever to sit down and talk to you. Yeah. I mean, we've been friends a long time. Mm-hmm. We don't talk. We, we're busy people. Yeah. So i enjoy the ability to like sit down and just bullshit with you yeah i don't care if it's being recorded or not i yeah. say what i'm going to say either way right. uh so it's interesting to have like this time that we've scheduled almost kind of like a job yeah but like it's really just me and you bullshit yeah i like that oh, yeah. now if we can find a way to get paid to do this daniel uh working on it <laughs> i actually have one avenue i gotta talk to you about now well, or now we'll talk about oh, it after okay. the podcast. Yeah. All right, I don't want to like throw it out on the podcast. Mm. But yeah, but like you said, I mean, I would much rather spend that three and a half hours doing something productive. Yeah, you know, not, not like this is us bullshitting, but this is also us being productive. Sure, towards something. Yeah, I mean, watching whatever movie that it, it could be, you know, JM or yeah, yeah. Clover or whoever mm. recommends, I'd be like, eh, I'm gonna pass. <laughs> I'm really going to pass. I'm going to watch we 30 We do have of- to watch the movies that I recommended you watch, though. we got to find time to do that. We should, watch, be a hangout we should watch them too. on the podcast. I mean, we could do commentary. I don't think we'd get pulled for that, as long as we're not showing the video. Well, yeah, it's just people listening to me and you watching a movie, talking about the movie. <laughs> well, I'm afraid like the mics might pick it up, and that Uh-oh. might get us like canned and pulled. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can literally like drink beer and put the TV out on the back porch, sit by the campfire and watch movies. Okay. Yeah, but you got to watch, uh, what was it? Wagons East was one, and the Boondock Saints movies. And there was another one, too. I don't remember what that was, though. I might watch Boondock Saints. Dude, I'm telling you, you'll love it. The second one, just for comedic value. The okay. storyline's a little rough. It was not as good as the first one. first one's a very solid movie. No lie. Speaking of solid uh, entertainment stuff, mm-hmm. let, me, let me proclaim to you and all 15 listeners we've probably gained one this week this week if you have not yet the series deadwood from oh, yes. the old it's it's old i i'm i'm re-watching it for like the fifth time yeah. it is it has to be the best show ever put on ever it has good. to be very good it is yeah man i've seen the show at least I, literally i've watched it from episode one to to the last episode in season three yeah. at least six times right. and i just finished the last the that's why i was late i was finishing watching nice. Deadwood. <laughs> so well i mean i was eating and i got distracted yeah, yeah, so yeah, anyway yeah. um I, I just watched the last episode of season three mm-hmm. and it it's just as good every time you watch it yeah. you're like holy shit and the man the the language of Deadwood, even oh, though it the is language is ridiculous. Oh man, I, it just <laughs> yeah. it moves me in some way. With, with people didn't speak like that then. No, it is no. proven time and time again that was totally made up. But yeah, it it forces you to listen hard and to mm. think about what the characters are saying. And man, yeah, it's exciting. So have you seen Justified? 
No, I don't care about Justified. Also, Justified is an awesome TV show, too, I know, by the way. I know the people but, in it. Oh, okay. I was Timothy Oliphant and... Uh, yeah, but like probably three-quarters of the cast of Deadwood make special appearances in random episodes of Justified, too. That's cool. I thought that was a pretty cool Easter egg because of that. So let me tell you something else that's real strange. HBO apparently has this kind of pool of actors that they like to use. And I did not realize this until I started watching, you know, like uh, True Detectives, which is another fantastic mm-hmm. show that HBO did. I watched the first season. I haven't seen the second or Don't bother with the, the second, but the third one is pretty good. The okay. first one, you just can't be beat. Yeah, first one's awesome. Woody um, Harrelson has so much, like, I mean, just range. What's I've a, never seen him play that before. I, can, I can't remember that. Oh, uh, Matt, Matthew... Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk about range? That guy has some range, too. <laughs> Dude, he lost like 60 pounds for that show. Yeah. Started smoking and drinking. Oh, my God. I wonder if he did uh, Dallas rough. Buyers Club after that. Because in, da- in Dallas yeah, Buyers yeah. Club, he, he had a kid skinny in that, too. Well, he was a, a druggie. And okay, then, I never watched that. I just remember seeing pictures oh, of him, okay. like, sunken in. Yeah. Well, the, it's, it's a good rough. movie. Yeah. It's a, it is a good movie. You ever saw um, Killer Joe with him in it? Mm-mm. Dude, he is—he's a psychopath in that movie. Okay, like the acting is good, but the storyline is just insane. Like it's very, very odd. Well, the thing that I noticed about HBO is they use like a lot of the actors from Deadwood mm-hmm. are also in—they play bit roles or smaller parts yeah. in uh, a, a lot of their other shows. Yeah. So Dan Doherty from Deadwood. Al Swearingen's right-hand man, the guy that stabs everybody and beats the shit out okay. of people. Yeah. So Dan Doherty, his, I don't know the actor's name, but mm. his, uh, the, the actor that plays his character is also one of the detectives on True Detectives, the second season. Okay. And then um, Ian McSwain, he plays in several different... Yeah, a ton um, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, you say HBO? Yeah. So he was in uh, Ray Donovan as well. He was also in... Uh, this is one of my favorite games, by the way. What what was this person in? He was in. Um, what's the show that Diamond on Showtime? That's on Showtime. Yeah. Well, Showtime's owned by HBO. Oh, okay, gotcha. What's the show that everybody went crazy about? Game of Game Thrones? of Thrones. Yeah. So Ian Mc Ian McSwain was in Game of Thrones as well. Oh, okay. Um, just funny how like lots of actors will kind of mm-hmm. cross, and they have such a such a. Ian McSwain has a fantastic range. Yeah. He was also in oh my god, it was on John Wick HBO, I think. Yes, he was. Um, Battlestar Galactica. I didn't see it. No, oh, that's pretty cool. If you terrible. like like the Star Trek type stuff, I that's don't. pretty good. I was saying if you do, I wasn't asking if you do. <laughs> well, thank Damn. you. I swear, I think well, he's a Dexter too. What's the guy who looks like him? Like Ian McSwain? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's one guy I get them confused all the time. I don't know. It'll come to me later. I'll well, text you and remind you. HBO has done a fantastic job with yeah. Got some kick-ass shows. I mean, they do. Yeah. They make some fantastic shows. Mm. Um, what's the one about Atlantic City and Nucky Thompson? Uh, Boardwalk Empire. It's real good. It. Too. I've heard good things, but I haven't seen it. So yeah. a lot of the actors from Boardwalk Empire were on. Um, what's the document? Waco, the documentary about Waco, Texas. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's good. That's it's good. interesting. Is it, was that on HBO? I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's on either Netflix or oh, okay, Hulu cool. or one of the. Yeah. I'll check it out. I'm watching movies. the uh, new one about Jeffrey Epstein on Netflix right now. Oh wow, that's 
very interesting guy. I listened to a podcast that like broke everything down, and like the show on Netflix isn't going into as much detail, but it's covering a lot of it. I found. Um, uh, oh, I watched uh, Django Unchained the other day. That's good, movie. and it is. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it in the beginning, the the clips where it's mm. always like executive producer or whatever. Yeah. Like there's Jeffrey Epstein. Like oh, really? He, like he was a huge. He was involved in tons of movies. Yeah. Like lots and lots and lots of movies. Oh, see, I didn't even hear that part. Oh, really? Yeah. What do you think he did? Huh? What do you think he did? Well, like I knew he knew. Um, no, that's that was his job. He was in a, a producer. Or a, no, he was a money manager. Well, exactly. For uh, Wes or Les, whatever the dude from L Brands, he got put out. Like that's how he made his, most of his money. Well, was an money executive manager. producer is basically a money person. They like oh, put okay, money gotcha. up, and they, I think it's. Oh. Yeah, executive producer. They like front they money, invest money for, into the, it. for the yeah. film. Weinstein. That's it. I knew he was real friends with Weinstein, the dude who got like jailed for making all the actresses do sexual favors to oh, advance okay. their career and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, to me, listen, I, I, don't, I am not taking a big pro uh, sexual assault stance here. So don't, you know, don't everybody try to crucify me as oh, it often happens. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the last episode of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All I'm saying is, I don't, I mean, I think the guy's a creep. Like, for no, now, 100%. what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the child molester guy. I'm talking, Epstein, about, the, you're talking about Weinstein. I don't know. I can't, it's hard for me to distinguish because their names are so yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. But I yes. don't remember his damn first name either. So, that, but keep in mind, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. That guy, I mean, you can be a creep, and I mean, aren't most people. Hollywood people creep. Yeah. I don't want I mean, to say Hollywood people. Well, you get what I'm saying. Harvey Weinstein. That's his name. That is the guy that, that we're talking about, the yes. Hollywood guy? Yes. So, like, if he's like, hey, uh, come blow me or you can't get this part. I mean, I think that's terrible and creepy, but, yeah. like, you could just be like, uh, no, I don't. You're ugly. I don't want this part that bad. And mm-hmm. you could just leave. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I, I don't know what he I, I haven't followed zero of that. Yeah, I don't know much of that story, but from my understanding, like most of the people are most, if not all were over 18. Like it wasn't like he was doing this to little kids who didn't understand what was going on. Right. You know, like he was doing this to adults, young adults, maybe, but still like adults who made decisions. I don't know if there was any allegations of actual rape or assault involved whatsoever. But it was like sexual favors for work, right? Now, I so mean, and again, work. I'm not saying like I'm not saying the guy's not a creep, but I'm saying oh, yeah. our, no. if our current laws are X, and I don't know what they are, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like if this if big if he may have sexually assaulted people, I do not know, and mm-hmm. if he did, I hope he was punished terribly for it. Mm-hmm. That being said, if he if all he did, and this is my understanding, was like, hey, you know, I expect a blowy for for this part, yeah. Are you ready to pay up now? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'd be like, uh, pass. No yeah. thanks. No like I'll I'll be in another movie. It'll yeah. be fine. Or like, sure, I need the money. I'll be in this movie. You know, That's like it. what would be the? I don't know. Like it seems. I mean, it's it seems like you had an option. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. I, and like I said, from my understanding, I don't know the entire case either. But from my understanding, it was the option. It wasn't like a forceful type thing. You know. I think I read someplace that he that he. There was an actor that I, or actress that I used to really like. That he, uh, she, she said that he raped him. I don't know that. I don't know what if it went to court oh, that way okay. or what. But yeah. I don't know. But all I'm saying is like, if it was just yeah. simply 
I mean, the guy's a creep for yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, we can all agree he's a piece of shit. But yeah. like, it, was it? I don't know. Was it? Well, you can't really say consensual either. Well, they certainly had a choice. I mean, that's sort of a weird, uh, weird line, right? Yeah, it is. I don't know. So, you going to any protests this weekend, Daniel? No, can't say that I am. I think I'm going to pass as well. Yeah, got some uh, some other stuff to do. We have some students and friends that will be though, for That'd sure. Cool. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's kind of weird how like that whole thing is getting hijacked by a lot of other people. Yeah, like I was literally on my way back here, and I drove by Fry. And I saw like 20 nurses standing out front with signs up that says hashtag white coats for Black Lives Matter. I'm like, ooh, that's not cool. Why? Why is that not cool? Because they're like hijacking it. Why not just do the Black Lives Matter? Why do you have to throw like, hey, we're here to help out? You know, like just give it, like give the attention to the cause, not you helping for the cause. Kind of like those people who write. You know, like, oh, hey, I donated a million dollars to charity. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like they're hijacking. Like, they're wanting to get recognition for being with this cause, not they're just trying to get recognition for the cause. Well, what do you think What do you think they get? They gain out of that? Do they gain money or status? Or, I mean, it may. If nothing else, they gain favor within the public. Hmm. You know I never I mean? thought. I guess that's yeah. probably why I'm well, not like, so. like, say we joined it. Would you say Phoenix Jiu-Jitsu for Black Lives Matter or would it just be for the cause? You know, and like any cause. You know, I'm just throwing out right, Black right. Lives no, Matter I get because it. that's yeah. the one. I get it. But yeah, I mean, you know, like if we if you're doing something, then cool. Do it for them. Don't yeah. do it to get media coverage. And like I said, there was a photographer out there and there's like twenty oh. women in white coats with hashtag white coats for Were Black they Lives hot? Matter. Should I go should I mm. take I a was cruise driving by like thirty five? I think they all had the COVID oh, nineteen masks mask on. on. So yeah, they were all hot. That's <laughs> worse. <laughs> well, I mean, man, I struggle with I don't I don't think any I don't think any group is all good or all bad. Like no. there just aren't it's it's impossible to say, you know, all I I, I mean, I believe that black lives matter. This is a fact, yeah, you know. Yeah. I I've never said to myself like, "Oh, uh, I guess I guess because I'm not racist, I don't sit around and worry too much about mm. who's like we're we're all just people. Our lives do matter, yeah. you know. Like I don't, I pe- no one's ever said to me, "Black lives matter," and I was like, "No, all lives matter." Yeah. I just don't even reply. Like of all the things that I get involved with on mm-hmm. Facebook and social media, like I don't, yeah. I don't play in that arena very much. It's, it's just, odd. There's just so much going on right now, man. I like know. I literally, I limited my Facebook activity. To while I'm in the bathroom, that's it. I'm taking shit. I'm on Facebook. Other than that, I ain't looking at it. I just can't take it, man. Like we got the COVID nineteen, we got winter gyms opening, we got the murder hornets, we got the cop murderer, we got all this stuff going on. I'm like, oh, like this is such a huge overload. It is an overload. Yeah, I felt I mean, very we got overloaded. So lately. much going on. Literally in the past three months. Yeah. Like it was. I saw somebody shared a post, and it was like a bunch of like aliens. <laughs> and it said month six we're up next oh shit what are we going to do <laughs> but yeah and uh joe rogan shared something last week about earthquakes reported at yellowstone i'm like oh my god is this what june's bringing <laughs> who had super volcano in the apocalypse bingo? <laughs> well i'll say um i've most certainly been kind of overloaded as well i mean yeah. like, legitimately felt like emotionally 
strung out, like more than I can process. Emotionally drained. Yeah. Yes. It's I'm scared or worried or like I don't know. No. I don't know like it's mean. it's odd, and especially I mean you know my neighbors like I don't know I live in a, a like a, a mixed ethnic mm-hmm. neighborhood. Yeah. Like uh, last Saturday, some some kids like kids that have no. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I couldn't see them. I feel like mm-hmm. I know about where they live. I think they're probably Hispanic or something. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't even care. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they're out in this field, like shooting these ultra, like really, really loud fireworks, mm-hmm. like super loud. <clears throat> and they're. I, I. I don't know. I didn't ask them, but I believe they are doing it with the intention of like, uh, sort of in protest. You know, or at least that's the excuse they're using. But I don't feel like they're protesting anything. I think they're just, just like, okay, we're going to do, yeah. you know, because they're like fourteen. You know, they're not yeah. like, like socially. Well, I, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't presume to know their social awareness. But yeah. I'm just saying it, it seemed like they were just being dickheads instead mm-hmm. of like just trying to create some sort of yeah. movement, yeah. right? So now I got this other neighbor out here screaming at these kids and the kids are like, fuck you. I'll come over there and kick your ass. Now I'm out here like, well, y'all shut the fuck up. My dogs are going crazy. You know? And I'm it's like, like what, who, what, how do I get here? I didn't, how, how are we here right now? This is madness. I couldn't tell you, man. I really could. I don't, I don't know, man. I'm, uh, I am, of course we won't. I, I would never want anyone to, to be, uh, brutalized, a by anyone, but especially not the police, yeah. the people that are charged with your, with your well-being. Yeah. But I can also say I've not always found the police to be in charge of your well-being. You know, yeah. they're not. They're not all of those people. Not all police mm. are out to help you. No. I I was thinking about this. I mean, at the same time, not all people are out to help you. For either. sure, definitely. You know, not. That was the one big thing I learned whenever I uh, moved to Hickory and Longview area. Whenever I was 12, like when, when you live in Vail, you run out of gas, you get a flat tire on your own side of the road, every vehicle behind you is pulling over to help you out. Like they're getting out, hey, everything good? You need help pushing you over there? Yeah. Long view, Hicker, like, fuck you, I got other stuff to do. I'm just driving by. Well, I, for me, I guess I just look at it as like minding my business. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I try to be helpful. Here's a good example. Today, I went to Hatch to get a sandwich where you saw me, and I was sitting mm-hmm. at that table, and uh, they have out, outdoor seating for the listeners, and I was sitting at the table. I kind of waited enough time to get a table, and so I sat down, and then this pregnant lady and somebody else, another lady that she was with, they showed up. I didn't realize that they were waiting on the table. It was just me and the table seats three. Yeah. There was no place else to sit. So my order comes, and then their order comes. I was like, you guys waiting on the table? They're like, yeah. I was like, oh, well, just take mine. So I try to be polite, but on the other side, man, you know, I don't, I try to go out of my, I don't want to say avoid. I'm embarrassed that I'm becoming this way. Mm. But, you know, now I look at somebody and I'm, whatever struggle they've got, and Mm. I think, what do you want? What is it that you want from me? Mm. Like, what shitty story are you going to tell me about? Needing money for your... I was about to say, the entire culture is changing on this, you know? Yeah. Like, beggars come up. Like you said, they have an elaborate story. Like, they got this backstory that goes back months (laughs) if you need to ask, you know? 
And now, like, I drive down, you know, where I live in Longview, where you used to work. Yeah. Or near where you used to work. I don't live at the strip club. <laughs> but <laughs> you see people walking up and down the road all the time. Yeah. And I look, and, you know, I'll see the same person every week. And I'm like, I'm not stopping to give them a ride, man. Like, well, something, I don't, like, I'm, I just don't trust them. Sure. Yeah. And I feel, I feel, I'm embarrassed that I'm beginning to feel this way. Is yeah. I wonder if this is just age you know, is this mm-hmm. my my dad creeping up on me? You yeah. know, am I becoming my father? Yeah. Or is this the time that we live in? Is it wise? Is your is it more wise to have less compassion for self preservation, or is it better to have compassion and then like if you get caught up in somebody else's drama or bullshit, you're like, oh well, I tried and I did a good job. Yeah. Like I don't know. I feel I'm I'm. I am perplexed on like how mm. how do I approach this new era in my yeah. it, it might not be new but it's new to me. Mm. I, I I used to just be like oh that person needs help let me go help them. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, what I've become to realize is that like not everybody that says they need help needs your help. Mm. Sometimes they're taking advantage of you, yeah. and I don't I don't feel good about that either. Yeah. So that's true. It's hardened me, especially living in New York. Living in New York is, so, man. Uh, mind your business. Like, <laughs> yeah. if it ain't got something to do with you, then don't, it ain't your, like, move mm. on. I can get behind that as well. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. So I kind of see that point of it too. Unless, you know, it's somebody I know personally. We're talking about, like, complete strangers here. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean. Yeah. And, like, you know, some beggar at Walmart runs up on me, you know, gives me this three-minute long speech about why they need $5. I'm going to give them $5. They go buy alcohol with it, cool, whatever. You know, like I kind of did my part. You know? Yeah. Well, once you give them money, it's no longer your your exactly yeah money to, to yes. decide. Mm. Yeah. I, which yeah is, I mean, they get a sandwich or they could get a little, oh, what are those things, Johnny bootlegs, bootleggers. Mm-mm. Oh, a little them. malt beverage things. Oh. Yeah. Are they like blue and yellow? Yeah. Have, oh yeah, I've seen them. It's like Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, but in like yes. a small, yeah, in a flask shaped yeah. bottle. Oh, that's a headache in a bottle, man. I tried one of those grape things, dude. You get a, a headache and a hangover long before you get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like seven percent alcohol and sixty grams of sugar. Well, I, um, I'm not, I'm not against giving people stuff, mm-hmm. but I would say that like once you give somebody something. If they just look at you, but I had a friend, same guy that told me about the learning from other people's experiences. He told me, he said, if you give someone a gift, he was a very philosophical guy, an interesting human. So he said, if you give someone a gift, you have to be prepared for them to look you in the eye and take that gift and throw it on the ground and jump up and down on it and then piss on it afterwards. And I was like, well, that's pretty fucking extreme, you know? Yeah. He was like, no, you, you have to prepare yourself for that because you your part's over. You gave them the yeah. gift. It's no longer yours to decide what happens to it. Yeah. So, you know, people, they're like, well, I gave that motherfucker $10 and he went to the beach. Well, mm-hmm. that's his, that's his it's money his now. Money. Yeah. What, what seems weird is when people try to, they're like, man, I need some money for gas. And you give them money for gas and then they go buy liquor. Yeah. Like that's dishonest, but you still gave them money. Mm-hmm. That's on you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which has happened to me enough times to where I just don't give people money. Yeah, yeah. I'm just There's like, a, no, go away. So me and my wife used to, before we got married, we'd go to this bar called Wheels. Absolutely. Say it again. Wheels. Wheels. Don't you stop. I'm... <laughs> Wheels. How's that? You sound like you belong there now. 
Anyways, we'd go up there and shoot pool because they had great pool tables. And, uh, like, the bartender up there, Dana, she was just awesome, too. She's very heavy-handed, which I appreciate in any bartender. <laughs> but there was this guy who hung out up there, and, like, he would literally come up to you once a night. Hey, can I get 79 cents? I'm like, what do you need? Seven, like, the first time. What do you need 79 cents for? He's like, well, they got Miller Ice at the convenience store up here. I got like a beer. I'm like, oh, okay, here you go. Yeah. Every time I saw him, I'd give him a dollar or two because I knew he was going to buy beer for it. But he was flat out, you know, hey, I want a beer. Can I bum a dollar? I was cool with that. Well, I mean, as long as you're cool with it. The yeah. problem is, much like this is why I was talking with Clover last week about how dogs and humans are, are real, real similar. Yeah. What you've done is you've conditioned him to every, oh, time, every time he, he sees, sees you me, he to come and get a dollar. dollar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like for sure. Yeah. But I just gave it to him because he's an honest man, you know. If it was like the whole like, you know, gas situation, I give him five bucks and I see him walking out with five natty ices, be like, oh, he's not getting another five bucks. Well, as long as you're okay with it. I mean, yeah. it's your dollar. You can give it to whoever you want. Yeah. I'm not giving a, a single penny. I'll look at people just out of spite and be like, uh, pass, bro. Get out of my face. <laughs> Go on someplace. They're like, well, I'm just, even if they're, even, what if they're honest? They're like, I'm just trying to get a beer. I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, I'm, I'm going to go drink some beer tonight because I, cause I earned the money to do so. You want to buy that man a beer? No. Why? He, he don't, I don't owe him anything. You don't owe him anything. I'll buy you a beer because no. you're my friend. That guy's not my friend. I, I can see that. I buy you a beer I every night of the, of the week. You know, but I ain't buying that guy a beer. Yeah. Like I, I don't know that guy. Like I don't, I don't want to be his friend. Mm-hmm. That always got me about drunks. They're always like, nah, they want to be your, they, they want to buddy up to you. I'm like, man, get out of here. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I got of enough that. friends. Get out of my mm-hmm. face. Yeah. Would I mean I don't care if they're bums or not. They, you know, just some random. Yeah. Drunky. Well, I mean, I'm bar. usually nice to them. Like I'll talk to them for a little bit until I get bored of the conversation. Then I walk away. Not me. But sometimes, man, <laughs> some drunks like they got some interesting stories. This might be why uh, I, I find myself in m- more interesting situations mm-hmm. than you. And it's weird because you're the people person. It is. Like, I'm not a people person whatsoever. I, but I got yeah. enough people. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want new people. people that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I will literally just look yeah. at somebody and be like, bro, get out of my face. <laughs> Go on somewhere. <laughs> and we have that on video. Do we? Which yeah. one? Uh, you were taking Naughty out for training and some drunk kept oh, trying to do. pet her. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, go, get. <laughs> that one actually kind of went viral. You know that? Mm-hmm. That was Atlas, by the way. It was Atlas. I was, oh, training. okay. I thought it was Like, nice. that video had like, yeah. I don't know, several thousand views oh, and like shit. a bunch of shares and stuff. Yeah. People were like, look at this dickhead. I had no idea. Did you know that guy was supposedly on some show called like Vanderpump Rules or something? I've never seen the show, but some, some, what is it? Uh, like I think it's a, I don't know. I would like have a to reality show. I think something? so. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. And uh, he like the if you ever meet him, yeah, he'll he'll be trashed. I've never seen him when he was sober, and he will always the first thing he does is tell you that he was that he's a, a an actor and he was in this show, <laughs> and you're and you're supposed to be impressed. Wow, Chris, crackhead Chris is what people crackhead call him. Crackhead Chris. Yeah, oh, that's nice. He came to the strip club one time. And I was like, please, please, please fuck up enough for me to drag you out of here. <laughs> he was there for about 30 minutes and, yeah. and bounced. I was like, oh, man. Damn, missed opportunity. <laughs> I, I wouldn't hurt him, but it would be fun to, like, you know, be like, oh, remember? I wouldn't say that, but I would I would be thinking, like, as I, you know, drug him out, like, remember that time you fucked with my dog? <laughs> but Daniel, that's just a weird thing, man, like. 
you know, like I've taken Zoe out on walks all the time. People are like, oh, and they just run up. And I'm like, with me, like, no, no, you can't just run up and pet my dog. You know, uh, Jacob Adi? Yeah. So I saw him at the park. I was I took Atlas to the park and I was walking him and Jacob was playing uh, disc golf with uh, mm. some of his friends. Yeah. And I didn't recognize him. And he's well, comes he put on like 40, 50 pounds the last time I saw him. Really? Yeah, said that he stopped working out and hadn't trained in a that, while. It was that, here. That might have been it. Yeah, yeah. So so you know, Jacob's kind of a character and he comes yeah. running up and and Atlas just snatched him just oh, like shit. just the front little I mean just like just he likes nibbled. to pinch you, he just yeah. got him on the arm. <laughs> I was like, man, you can't just run up on my dog like that. What is wrong with you? He's over here barking and snarling and stuff. Yeah. Like, what is? who would do that? Oh, no, it's that exact opposite of Zoe. She'll run up to you shaking her entire <laughs> body wanting to be petted. She does. I'm like, damn it. Because then I look like a big asshole. She's like, your dog wants me to pet him. Oh, I'm I like, still no, tell him no. Yeah. I'm like, go away. Yeah, no. Well, Daniel, this has been fun, but I got stuff to do. All right, man. I think I got stuff to do too. I really don't know. Are we going to talk about your book, hmm? Phoenix Fit? Yeah, the, the training manual for grapplers. Yep. Uh, hopefully, be coming out next week. I'm waiting on another test copy. I had to fix a few things in that test copy, so I think the new test copy, test copy, is supposed to be here on Sunday. So okay, hopefully it'll be ready to roll. Well, I'll be happy with it. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. If you're going to protest, I hope hmm. you do it safely. Be safe. Be smart. I, you, I'm not going to say you couldn't pay me enough, but it seems like a, a very dangerous and potentially volatile situation that I personally yeah. am making a choice to avoid at mm-hmm. all costs. And I personally avoid all big crowds at all costs. So, well, I'm good I with mean, because yeah. coronavirus. Exactly. Well, no, I mean, even before that, like I can't stand going <laughs> to concerts, picking. anything like that. I really can't. My wife drags me to Morganton Fest every other year, and that's it. Like, I just don't do big crowds. Probably, probably a good plan. Mm-hmm. To me, it is. Well, we'll have a guest on next week, and yep. uh, we don't know who. If you have any suggestions, please let us know. Well, I can get some feedback from the listeners. That'd be great. Uh, please tell me that you jo- you enjoyed me making fun of Daniel because that's one of my hobbies. <laughs> I'm very good at it. Say we- say whip whip cool whip. This makes me laugh. All right, well, friends, fans, and Folks, yep. whoever you are, please do have a fantastic uh, week, and we will talk to you very soon. And I guess that's it. Be safe. Be careful. Okay. okay bye. Bye.